Dishing up tasty morsels of tarot wisdom. Oracle Soup with your host, Katrina Wynn and Gina Thies, two saucy sisters, broadcasting from the magnificent Oregon coast and from deep in the heart of Texas. And inviting your questions about tarot, oracles, counseling skills, reading advice, and more. On Facebook, like our Oracle Soup page and share your wisdom. Soup is hot and it's ready to be served. Welcome. In fact, I should even say, um, buongiorno. 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 Welcome to Oracle Soup. <laughs> I need to. I need oh, to. Oh, we should. We should not. We, you know, we could get some hate mail over that. Let's not try. Let's just stick to good old Southern. <laughs> Although I, 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 you know, funny about accents. Um, people tell me all the time I don't have an accent, and I'm like, that's because <laughs> I belong everywhere and to no one. So, <laughs> but I hear it. And it comes out of me when I'm around you. It just slips right out oh oh, okay sure blame it on me um but you know (laughs) with that said folks welcome to another kitchen table conversation y'all we are in the kitchen here picking up some some italian food italian food Mm. (laughs) (laughs) you know you say italian and i swear 10 pounds have just gotten added out of nowhere i don't i don't know you know But in honor of a very special um, person that we were so honored to get to sit down with us um, at the table. Yes. And what we're talking about is Ciro Macchetti. The world famous Ah, tarot deck creator. Wonderful artist. He's done more than tarot. Uh, But Ciro, I tell you, um, the first, my Gilded Tarot was the first deck I owned. And I, I just was just like blown away. Okay. That was your and first deck, Gina? Yeah, Gilded Tarot of his. Of his, okay. Of his, his Gilded Tarot. Um, that was my working deck uh, when I worked online as a uh, chat room reader. That deck got so much usage, I wow. tell you. I love his Lenamon deck. Oh, well, he knows because I tell him and remind him up until I created my deck, Tarot of the Moors. His uh, Tarot of Dreams, um, I'm going to even say, I still reach for it. It was my working deck. It has been my working deck. Um, I bought his special edition. Um, It got destroyed in the Libyan Sea. Where was I? In Crete. Oh. And this man blessed me with a new one because I always, every time I saw him at a conference, I would say, do you have any more of those? Do you have? <laughs> uh, but Terrell Dreams, and the first time I, I, I met him, I walked up to him and said, Terrell, um, your decks are to me what a tarot deck is supposed to look like. And so thank you for creating what you've created. And he has done some amazing work. Um, Katrina and I were, were sharing. Um, he was approached, I think, to do a deck, but he did not. He, he's not a tarot person per se. 
But we stole him anyway. He's a, he's a, <laughs> we basically he pulled him in. Computer graphics, and he's very, very creative he's an in his artwork. Yeah. He's an illustrator. Yeah. That's right. And so he's illustrating the Tarot story through his vision, and people really love and are attracted to that. And yes, he's, an, yes. he's an attractive man as a human being. He's so interesting and he can be so funny and he can also be uh, like a little devil. He likes to like kind of stir things up and I love yeah, how I alive think, he is. Yes. Uh, he can be larger than life. He can be down to earth when you really get to know him. He's really, he really takes and supports the tarot community wholeheartedly. And that's, that's the thing that I can appreciate. And Absolutely. so, um, you know, uh, uh, take him or leave him, right? He is who he is. And uh, I, I feel the same way. I am what I am. I am who I am. And so you, you can take me um, or leave me. But um, when you get, uh, talk about approachable. <laughs> Yes. Um, extremely approachable. Um, have seen him do go through numerous facets um, on, you know, through the through the social media. Um, but um, he shows up um, and he's ready to talk about his work. He's he, he's ready to defend what he does. It's it, I've met his lovely wife and daughter. Um, and so just spending some time and getting to know him um, has been um um, truly fascinated and, and talk about being an inspiration to me. So, um, you know, it's like if I, and creating a deck, it's like, I've got, I've got to go up against that. Oh my God. Inspiration, not inspiration, not yeah. no yeah. In, inspiration. So yeah. to me, I'm sitting there going, if it doesn't look like Cheryl's car, then it's crap. You know, <laughs> you know, that's just my own push. It's like, Oh my God. We're so happy to bring Chiro yeah to you and to, to share with you what he shared with us so intimately in our kitchen table conversation over a wonderful Italian meal. Thanks for tuning in to Oracle Soup. Pull up a chair and join Gina and Katrina for a bowl of warm and nourishing conversation. Coming up next... Welcome, 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 our dear Oracle Soup listeners. We have such a very unique guest with us. I'm just going to say unique. Someone, maybe you've seen their name before. I don't know. Maybe you've seen their face before. You definitely have seen their art before. Yes. And such a privilege. And first off, just want to say I'm sitting here on this delightful kitchen table with my dear sister, Gina Thies. Hello, folks. I am so excited about the guests that we have here at the kitchen table. I tell you, I am such a big fan and overjoyed that he has joined us. So we'd like to welcome Chiro. Good evening. <laughs> and um, my name is Chiro Marchetti, if you want to be like Pavarotti and say in real Italian or just Chiro Marchetti. Right. And we're just talking about how in Italian, when you have a single C, you go ch, like a CH in English. And yet when you see a CH in Italian, it's more like a K Correct. in English, like a K. Correct. But you have a British accent. What's that about? Yeah, um, a long story there, but uh, my mother and I, I guess the right expression would be we escaped from a situation in Italy when I was a, just a baby and uh, we went we left on a night train and then the ferry in those days to England <clears throat> and um, 
That is actually the, the background story to my Six of Swords. In, in the, which deck? In the Grand Lux, where I've shown, I've depicted a scene with the boat coming towards the viewer. And uh, I'm the little figure that's often not recognised in that card, you know. And I've shown the the swords coming out of the water as opposed to being stuck into the bottom of the boat. Uh, the rationale being that the family, the, the, the couple in the boat, have escaped from whatever situation they were leaving, but the dangers or the problems are not over yet. They still have to sort of navigate the swords that are in front of them, which was our case. We were refugees, essentially. Mm -hmm. we, were, we had landed in the UK, but our legal status was mm. in jeopardy for several more years. So that was a kind of very personal twist on the visual theme. Yeah? And, and so now you actually live here in the United States. Yeah, yeah. after having lived in uh, South America for a bunch of years. So. Fascinating. Mm. Fascinating. The topic I thought that I'm so impressed with you about is the fact that not only are you a deck creator, <laughs> but specifically you are a computer graphic artist and as a computer graphic artist you're you're working with different programs maybe different computers it takes a whole different eye and art and even just hearing about your cards I'm I'm hearing something I don't know and I'm sure other people are going to be curious about is the fact that you put yourself and maybe other family members other people you know into your decks and feel free to name drop any decks or people <laughs> well, you Yeah, want. for those of you who, who don't realize who we're talking to, this man Chiro has created the most wonderful fabulous tarot decks, oracle decks, a kipper deck, Lenamon and Lenamon. And so um, I became familiar with your work through the Gilded Tarot, which is one of my first decks that I started reading professionally with. Um, and then I purchased the Tarot of Dreams from you, and I remember meeting you uh, for the first time and told you, your decks are what tarot decks are supposed to look like to me. Wait and a minute, Gina, say more about that. Oh, What's the supposed to about there going on? Well, yeah. I just felt like the imagery he used... Um, the um, ornamentation, the ornamentation, how beautiful, and the, just the artwork itself felt to me, um, you know, tarot is referred to as, like, the royal road, right? And I just felt like, wow, I'm using something especially uh, special and um, as if in, in uh, as the, uh, like, the Viscontis, and when they had... Um, uh, decks created for them it felt like your deck was created for me like a custom deck like a custom deck <laughs> well there's a there's a balance to be reached there and i'm not sure anyone let alone me can can actually achieve it but if the analogy i've used in the past i think it works if you go to a performance a theatrical performance and it's a one-man show for the sake of the argument you can enjoy the performance, you can enjoy his monologue, yeah, and get into it. But I would argue that a performance is more enjoyable for the audience if that stage is decorated to enhance the scene. I would even argue that the performers also get into it more if they are surrounded in an ambience that sets the stage excuse the pun so that's what I do 
if um, the, the, the performance is really the actor, mm-hmm. how he or she says the lines, I'm the guy who will paint the scene in the back, I will bring the potted plant or the prop or whatever, and the totality of that hopefully is a more enriching... The, the audience can lose themselves in it better. However, the, the dilemma of that is that you can overdo it and people say, hang on a minute, I, I, I'm losing the plot here. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm distracted by yes. the decoration that I'm losing the performance. And so I don't really know the answer. I mean, I just do what I do and hopefully I'm achieving that, that balance. But um, it varies, yeah? Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm thinking about the creative process. And now Jean and I have had some podcasts on these topics before about the, the research and the creativity and the artistic ability that goes into designing different decks and communicating something and maybe even uh, bringing up emotions of some sort or another. Um, but you're... You're like prolific, and you're. I'm. I'm personally fascinated with using computers because that's my style too. Except I'm more photographic, and um, I like to do collage work, or I like to add colors and textures and really manipulate things. Uh-huh. Whereas you're doing straight ahead, beautiful graphic, very readable, very relatable images that are incredibly popular. But I. I want to hear more about the artwork and how you work with these applications if you have favorite applications i think there's people out there who just would want to know that well um of the the granddaddy of them all of course is photoshop and that's what i'm that's my expertise so to speak you know that's the one i've used since it was first launched uh, but it's a kind of a misleading title in a sense a photoshop photo Shop. is indicative of manipulation of photography which is what it was originally designed mm-hmm. to do um, with that said that's not all it does so um, while certainly as you just pointed out collage modifying existing imagery is what it was principally conceived to do but I use it to create imagery and it's very misleading because m- many people assume that it's a technological technique and it fundamentally isn't I mean I use a digital tablet and a pen those that hardware is quite sophisticated now it actually acknowledges how hard I'm pressing on the tablet what angle I'm holding the pen at and I can obviously select one of 16.7 million colors which is is the totality of all the channels, etc., etc. So, the point I'm making is the actual process is not that different to holding a real pen or paintbrush in your hand. Well, I have to bow down to you because I am, and I just went through my own process of creating my own deck, and it's all oil painting. Mm-hmm. Traditional, I mean, starting from the pencil to the underpainting to layering the, the oils. Mm-hmm. And I... Um, graduated from our school in mm-hmm. 1986 and they were just installing computers mm-hmm. at the time so I never went back I, I went into more of desktop publishing graphic design yep. on the computer but never went back to learn um, it's like for me Photoshop for me it was like let's correct correct imagery mm-hmm. and let's exactly. do certain things but where it's progressed to now is amazing to me and um, going back to my roots and just like 
how am I going to create this? I don't know how to do a program. I don't know how. I've got to start from, you know, I was the type of person working in a dark room and on a light table. So that's where I've come from. So I find it so fascinating that all of this work now can be just... Um, come with an undo button, I say. Yeah. No, no. I like that. I like the undo button. Yeah, exactly. I've often, I've often used the analogy that the undo button is like an eraser on steroids, you know? I love but, that. But, but even that is a creative process. It's part of the creative process. I would create a composition, a pose, or whatever, and the layering that you refer to allows me to change my mind. Would this image be better if it was darker, lighter, to the left, smaller. That certainly gives digital art an advantage over traditional. In the final composition of light, shadow, position, layout, yes. But the actual creation of those elements is fundamentally quite similar to if I was holding a traditional mm -hmm. instrument in my hand. The, the other fundamental difference is I use a lot of uh, lighting effects. Yes. If I have a candle, I can create a relatively convincing glow around it that you probably might not be able to achieve with oils. Right. That's physics. Exactly. And with, they with, spent a lot of time doing that in the, the the Dutch painters learning how to create this lighting, and it's oh my gosh. Yeah, but oh gosh. beyond that, is is physical. I mean, oil paint or other tangible materials are pigment based if you paint yellow and you add red to it it will be a combination of the two and you'll end up with orange light uh, a computer works in reverse it's it's uh, i forget the terminology now it's accumulated color mm -hmm. so the more you add in oil the darker it becomes you know the the combined effect of all those colors from those tubes of oil right. become darker yes if uh, you apply those same colors in a computer they become lighter let me use an analogy if you had three lanterns projecting onto the wall one mm -hmm. is green one is red right. one is blue the three right. fundamental colors RGB. of a computer if exactly if they are projected onto a, a wall in the same strength, in the same, you will see a white circle, mm -hmm. not a dark oil-based right. circle. Right. That is how it's more effective to achieve glowing hints of light. You know, sunlight, candlelight, highlights on a face. Yes. Which kind of takes me back to photography because I remember when I went through photography school, when we studied color, we studied color lighting. Mm -hmm. You know, the pigment might be like the printing process and. Uh, in the colors that we were working with for our paper. But when we wanted to take the photograph, we had to pay a great deal of attention to the lighting and what's going to highlight this or that. But so now let's talk about the creative process in terms of, let me ask you this very simply. Are you a tarot reader? Do you have a background tarot? Why tarot cards? No, no, and why? Okay. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm not a reader, and I think I was pretty open and public about that from the word go, you know, so no, no. So how like, are you going to know 
I mean, and this is for anybody who's doing this kind of work. How are you going to know your vision of that tarot? And I'm not saying you should know. I'm, I'm just really deeply curious. How do you know what that card needs to say and what that personality is going to be and what direction it needs to be? Or uh, what's supposed to be in a tarot and, deck? Yeah. <laughs> that's fascinating because some people, like, I know Gina, she talks about how sometimes she just channels that information. Well, in my case, it's far less spiritual than that. It's uh, just it's uh, research. Obviously, I read and learn what a card is supposed to communicate, and that's where the problems start because not everyone agrees with that. Mm -hmm. And even when they do, I don't agree with them. <laughs> um, they reference lots of alleged meanings and symbolism, which I personally do not necessarily agree with or I don't see it. And so there's a, a dilemma in that. But essentially, my role is not to turn the Torah world upside down. It's to complement it as best I can. Ultimately, it's meant to be used. Yes. So yes, I learn what a card is supposed to symbolize. I question whether that explanation works with the image I'm looking at from the right. previous deck. Mm -hmm. And how can I do it better, which is subjective, but that's the intention, to do it better to tell that story in a more visually compelling manner and it's very very subjective you know and I do that by creating more of an emotive scene you know there's an expression on the face not just a pen and ink line drawing if if for whatever reason um, a butterfly is part of the decoration of the costume I do it deliberately and to be recognized because it's supposed to mean metamorphosis or whatever is not just a squiggly line that someone says hmm that looks like a butterfly yes that makes sense it's a butterfly no I it's intentional yeah yeah now I'm also thinking about and this would be anybody who's creating a deck you've got your individual cards and what they communicate and then there's the deck as a whole or the majors as a whole and the suits and the minors you know, I'm, I'm wondering about that creative process. That's where I really have to wing it, I must be honest with you, because um, I've tried to be faithful to systems, but once again, I keep reading or hearing conflictive interpretations and conflictive systems and systems that vary from culture to culture. Yes. So pick your battle, you know, <laughs> and you're always going to be losing in some people's in opinion. In some people's opinion. It's a no-win situation. As I created my deck, and uh, it's Tarot of the Moors, and so I was doing, a, uh, using a, a, a culture, right, and that essentially was converted to um, Islam. Mm -hmm. And so when you're doing a deck, you realize the images that are there that we're pulling from, it's like, well, it's essentially... Christian, right? Mm -hmm. But then you realize other parts of it, it's like have been left out in terms of like the older, the, the most extent playing card deck was Islamic, mm -hmm. right? And so how do you merge and how do you do something where um, correspondences have been added that are um, Kabbalistic, mm -hmm. right? And so it's like you don't, you, you have a, a tradition already or traditions that are established but how do you not 
try to reinvent the will. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I, I didn't want to reinvent the will. I wanted to honor what was there. And it's like, this is something that has to carry through because you don't know who's going to pick up your deck, right? And where they're coming from. But you want it to be used by, by all, right? You want mm -hmm. it to be you want it to appealing be user -friendly. and user-friendly. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, it was like interesting to just kind of say, well, how do I, how do I accomplish that? And I don't want to reinvent. Um, the um, I, I think it's unavoidable and it's, I repeat, you're always going to be wrong by somebody's criteria. Okay. It's up to them to then, excuse the pun, read past that Okay. or not. Uh, I'll give you an example with the Lenormand. Um, I depicted white lilies on the card and it was pointed out to me by somebody as usual um, <laughs> how that was inappropriate because it was associated with funerals mm -hmm. okay and i and i accept that that's fine and therefore there's going to be a problem with the deck for this particular person but i politely pointed out that i beg to differ because i was in prague just six weeks prior to doing that card and i walked past the church and there was a wedding and the bride came out with a bouquet of lilies, white lilies. Yes. So the, so will it be readable by all? Well, it could be, but the reader has to decide. Can they see past this cultural inconsistency? Uh, Rana pointed out, uh, for example, with the Lenormand, I gave two options for the birds. Birds, okay, and owls, because I had been informed that owls are popular in Lenormand systems in Eastern Europe. Rana pointed out that for her culture, owls are bad luck. Mm -hmm. So Wow, it's... So, what do you do? What do you do? But thank you for sharing that. For me, that's very, very important because I'm, at, at the you know, as I'm preparing or, you know, and I'm like, how do you deal with, because everybody's going to have, oh, that's, that's not that. I, I, I've got it right now. It's like... You have to believe in yourself and your vision. And I know even for you, Chiro, at one point you even stopped for a while. Mm. It was so kind of maybe overwhelming or disturbing. It's like, I don't need this feedback. I enjoy what I do, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it is frustrating. I mean, clearly, art is subjective. Yes. I would say that so is Taro. Combine the two and you've got an unholy alliance. <laughs> And and I, I'm quite happy for someone to say, you know what, it's pretty, but I can't use this deck because it's too this or it's too that. Or what frustrates me is when people say that something is wrong because my retort now is, okay, tell me what's right. Where you got that information from, who decided it was right, what was their credentials for dictating it was right, and then maybe I'll change it. I love it. And you'll always be making another deck anyway. So you're in that <laughs> well, well, uh, yeah, I feel a bit embarrassed by that uh, premature resignation. <laughs> uh, but but there was a rationale for it. I I had produced three decks, and I honestly didn't think I could do justice to it, and I didn't want to turn it into a Tara factory. Um, and I felt restricted by how the hell am I going to do the Six of Pentacles again? Again. You know? And so when I said that's it for Tara, I didn't mean that's it for designing decks because I went on to do an, an oracle, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Complete freedom. No rules. No tradition to follow or be faithful to. But then I, I felt 
genuinely, I personally felt that I could do it again better. Now, that's also subjective, but I felt that, and so I was happy to sort of like come out of retirement as it was, you know? And that will always be the case. If I'm a workaholic, if I feel that the next deck I'm working on is, for me, better than what I've done before, that will keep me going and I'll do it. If I think I'm turning into a sausage factory of Tara, then I'll probably stop, you know? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we wouldn't want you to stop. <laughs> we absolutely love what you do. I mean, I do. Um, and you've been an inspiration. And thank you so much for sitting down with us and taking some time with uh. us. I'll, I'll tell you just a few little anecdotes if there's time. You asked earlier about the reference sources. Sometimes it's just simple Google, you know, an interesting face, not necessarily the whole face, the eyes, mm -hmm. and then I'll combine that mm -hmm. with the lips and that creates a new character which I'll reproduce. In some, in many cases, yes, I've used family members, not to make them particularly recognisable, however, it's for the poses. They're, they're cheap models. <laughs> Let's be Especially honest. Especially your lovely dog. Yeah. 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 I, I remember once I had my, my son dressed up in tights. <laughs> Because uh, he was going to be like in the Seven of Swords or mm -hmm. whatever, and this was not going down well. <laughs> and I said, "You're going to stay in those tights for another hour while I take photographs, or you do not get the bike." Oh now, wow! Oh my gosh, she's been scarred for life. Because I don't know if you know this about me, I'm a psychotherapist. So <laughs> there you go. Now we see. Now and, we see. And now I also believe that your lovely daughter, at a much younger age, was the model for number 13 in the Gilded Reverie, the child. Yes, indeed she was. Uh, and her hands and face are in her three or four other decks as well. She's grown up in Tara, literally. Yes, she's lovely. And maybe even some of your tarot friends may have shown up in certain yes. decks? Yes, I, yes. Okay. Uh, I, I can't give His all the names, but that's okay. <laughs> some of them are anonymous, okay. uh, deliberately so, but yes, I've as a, as a kind of gesture That's to sweet. them. It's like yeah. an homage to... Yes. Exactly, yeah. They're, they're going to be around for a few hundred years, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one last little thing of, of potential interest. <clears throat> My name uh, is based on the letters, the first letters of the Greek alphabet that combine the P and the X, which you will see in the, the stained glass window of the Four of Swords. And it's that monogram is a... Chiro. A, chi a Chiro, you're yes. right. Yes, it is. And uh, so essentially, my name means Christ. And I know that, not just because I researched it, it's because my wife, every time I don't do something in the house correctly, she says, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just well, a Christ Almighty. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> <laughs> we, you're such a delight. Thank you so much for spending okay. time at our Oracle Soup Kitchen with us. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for spending time with us at Oracle Soup. We invite your comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page, also named Oracle Soup. Be sure to visit our website, oraclesoup.wordpress.com, 
for hot new servings of our saucy talks, as well as past podcasts stored in our Oracle Soup Pantry. And visit our individual websites and learn more about our dynamic offerings. Katrina Wynn at tarotcounseling.org. Counseling is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G. And .org is like Oregon. Gina Thies at tarotadvisor.com. Advisor spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R. This podcast is intended only to provide a summary and general overview on matters of interest. It is not intended to be comprehensive, nor does it constitute legal advice or legal opinion. You should seek legal or other professional advice before acting or relying on any of the content. And thanks again for listening to Oracle Soup. Y'all come back now.